Hello, my name is Ben Oden. I'm an author, capacity building and leadership development trainer. Each week, Mimi, pamoja na viongozi mbalimbali who will be featured on this podcast, will bring you leadership principles, stories and philosophies that if applied will elevate you into a position of more influence among those you lead and those who lead you. Hello to you. Um I hope you are having a good day. Welcome to the Why Lead Others podcast. I am your host Ben Oden and this is another episode. Um today um we'll be hearing from a country director of um an organization called BBC Media Action. Uh you've heard from her on this platform um on one of our previous episodes. Her name is Anna Bwana. Anna, karibu sana. Asante Ben, it's good to be back. Now, on our previous episode, you mentioned that uh, you've been working for 10 years now, that you entered the job market in 2010 and 2020, you are a country director of BBC Media Action. So, how does one go from, you know, entering the job market in 2010 and then 10 years in having risen to the top um of, you know, the civil society world? I think, you know, the role of a country director is sort of like the top um in your sector. So that's going to be I guess the overarching question of our episode and the conversation today. But before we get to the specifics there, um I want to begin with a, a question. Um now there's this philosophy or ideology that a good leader must first be a good follower. Uh so how how, how has this philosophy played a role into your success as a leader? I I think that pretty much sums up um how I would answer uh your question Ben. I think 2010 I entered the job market as a program officer for Oxfam and from that role onwards I think I've been really lucky to have extremely good managers managers who inspire um who who give you the space to grow and to figure things out for yourself uh, for yourself but also that really do push you to uh to improve and to constantly strive um for a better version of yourself um really inspiring managers and so i think being a follower so to speak under those managers really has been um instrumental in how my career has gone and in the kind of leader or manager that um i aspire to be i think um i look at managers who have been part of my career growth and I can say I love this about them and you know I want to also be like that or I want to be able to inspire my team the way I saw them do that when this happened of course I've also come across managers and I've been managed by those that where I consciously think I really don't want to be like that I don't want you know to uh to ins- to inspire fear in people so that they can work harder you know so there's some things that also strike me where i learned that i really don't want to be that kind of leader um but i think overall the leaders that i have met either those who have directly managed me or led me so to speak or others that i've come into contact with have have really been really key in helping me articulate um and develop my idea of what good leadership is um so the people who i guess led you or played a role of played a role of leadership um over you uh played a great role in you know shaping your i guess idea of leadership and um prepare you for you know the roles of leadership that you stepped on later on um so beyond just you know having beyond just following uh somebody else 
what else played a role into your development as a leader? Um, I mean, to be very frank, and we've discussed this before, yeah. you know, and I think it's always important to, to be very honest about the privileges that, um, that you experience in your life that have allowed you to reach where you are. And I'm very conscious of my privileges. You know, I have had the luxury of being raised by two very educated, very intelligent parents who gave us the best education possible. So, you know, I have gone to private schools, I've gone to international schools, I've lived outside the country. All these exposures, you know, have um, have contributed greatly into into where I am now in my um, work life. But as well, I think um, there's luck involved in some ways. You know, I think I think I was I was lucky to to have a first job in in Oxfam where um, you know both my political consciousness as well as my sort of intellectual leadership really was uh, was something that was um, seen as a as a merit you know and it was cultivated it was encouraged it was supported and I think I really was able to sort of bloom um, in that work environment um, I think there are others who I've seen who you know their first jobs are really in in roles or in organizations that they don't feel passionate about and I think that really did, that can really um, determine the course of your career so I think those two are quite important factors that I'm quite cognizant of you know privileges luck your first job um, the kind of managers or bosses that you um, come across but I think as well I don't think it would be fair to to make it seem as if it was all outside of my control that I did nothing other than go with the flow I think um, there are some some factors that I consciously cultivated, you know, one um, strong networks and strong relationships with people who you work with. I, I've always tried to not leave a job um, with bad blood, you know, so even if you're moving on to something big and better, uh, live with humility, live with grace, leave having left a good impression because those people will talk about you, you know, and further down the line, you will come back and meet those people. And that's exactly what happened with this role. I had worked for Media Action in the past. Um, I left and now I've come back, you know. So I think um, working with, with humility, with grace, and with always being conscious about the kind of impression that you want others to have of you really matters. Being professional, knowing um, what are the standards that you set for yourself for the work that you want to deliver. You know, people don't forget that easily. I like that. I, I like the fact that you, I think, kicked it off, you know, by mentioning three things that are completely out of your control. Um, because, you know, privilege is not something you choose. It's something yeah. you're born into, so to speak. Yeah. Um, luck, again, it's not something you control either. You know, um, yeah. it could have been anybody, but, you know, you are the one who uh, they accepted or, you know, they allowed yeah. to step into the role. Um, so I think I like the fact that you acknowledge that because I think many of us sometimes have a tendency of just pushing, you know, hard work and do this and do that and it's going to happen for you. And the truth is there are thousands of people who 
work hard and they just don't get the lucky break. And I think I think if you've had the luxury of having a lucky break, you know, or of having, you know, certain privileges that have given you a boost, I think I think you need to be open about it um, and you need to be honest about it. And I I very much am. Um, So in your journey uh, of, you know, 10 years, um, what are some of the leadership lessons have you that you've learned either through your failures or, you know, through your victories? that you know you believe can help somebody else um down the line or even in their current uh, context um that's a that's a good question it's making me reflect a little bit i mean something that i mentioned earlier in my first response i think is about humility and grace i think i think there is something to being a leader where you do have to accept that you don't always know best and I've often found myself in situations where I am leading teams of people who are more experienced than me. Um, they're older than me. They have seen much more than me. Um, and being able to acknowledge that, respect that, um, and and to be able to understand that your role as a leader isn't to show them that you're better than them, but it is to sort of make the sum of all those parts um, be greater or better, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's that's a very important lesson that that I have learned. Um, I also think that one of the things that I really stick by is uh, very strong professional ethics, you know. And now, depending on the sector, depending what kind of a leader you are, if you're a political leader, that's going to look very different. Um, from if you are a civil society activist or you're the CEO of a of a you know law firm, but I think being very clear about um, your professional integrity, um, I think that goes a long way, and I think it means that even when you make mistakes, even when you falter, you stumble, you do have a very strong um, guiding. Uh, sort of light you know that gets you back on track and that allows you to 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 what we sometimes say fail fast and fail forward you know so you make the mistake but you use that mistake to catapult you into the next thing um, and to build off that mistake and make something more more uh, constructive out of it yeah um so i guess failure you look at failure more of a setup rather than a setback, you know, something that sets you up to, you know, the next thing. Oh um, gosh, I mean, there is failure that is is setback. Like, you know, I mean, I also don't believe in trying to romanticize failure either. Mm. You know, there's some, there's some things that we do, that people do, that um, um, I have been a part of that um, wasn't a good idea, um, that can be considered failure in its truest form. It shouldn't have happened, mm. right? Um, but I, but I do think that those, those often tend to be the exceptions and they give you a very bitter lesson. That's an important lesson that even you, however smart, however well-meaning, however um, ambitious you are, you can do wrong things. Um, and, and it's part of human nature to, you know, uh, to stumble and to, and to do wrong things at times. But I think there's also a bigger group of failures and those are, um, you know, things that either you hadn't fully 
thought through from the beginning, you know, processes where you have unintended consequences that you didn't anticipate from the beginning, the context changes and, you know, derails the best laid plans, you know, those are um, failures where you can fail forward because they give you a very important set of lessons and a, and a very important set of sort of factors or conditions that can allow you to build something bigger and better out of. Um, have you, in your, you know, in your journey, have you ever been in a situation um, where, you know, being a woman and being in a position of leadership and leading, like you said, people who are older than you um, and I guess men as well, um, ha has that been a challenge? One, because, you know, be you're younger than some of these people and to some of them, you are a woman and, that, you know, living in a patriarchal society, some people have a problem with that yeah. um, or some people are not necessarily as comfortable um, of course, that's a separate issue, but um, has that been a problem that you've had to deal with? Um, it's definitely been a factor that I've had to contend with in, in a lot of um, the roles that, that I've had over the years. I think, you know, there's a very strong difference to age here in Tanzania um, and the older, the wiser. You know, so it's not easy managing people, leading people who are significantly older than you. They're more experienced. Mm. You know, um, it's hard to have uh, a performance conversation with somebody who you call Baba, Flani. Mm. you know. So, so I think those are definitely um, factors that you have to grapple with. And I think that's where humility and respect really has to come in as well as professionalism you know um i think i think gender is is also you know it's it's such a a difficult uh label you know and i've i've on the one hand i think um i've seen women who have had a much harder time than me um, and women who have been labeled as aggressive, you know, or too masculine, or they talk too much, they're too pushy, they're too ambitious, you know. Um, possibly I've been given the same labels behind my back, you know. I haven't been given those labels to my face. Um, but I do think that what I've often experienced is that there's an expectation that as a young woman that you are uh, slightly weaker, slightly softer, that you nurture rather than push, you know. So there is a leadership style that's expected of you by virtue of your age and of your gender. Mm. And there's a pressure for you to comply to that. Expectation. Yes, rather than to really chart your own uh, path. path yeah. Because as well, you know, on the other hand, there is then a group of, you know, male leaders who... Um, you know, already are probably, you know, they have a better foot in than you, you know, older men especially. So you are competing with them indirectly. At the same time, you're being boxed, with, you know, with a certain um, types of characters that might not allow you then to, to succeed very well. You know, so I think, yes, there's a lot of, there are a lot of um, pressures there that yeah. come with being young and with being a woman. Being a woman. Um, in one of... Uh one of our episodes, we, I had a conversation with a uh, consultant, is a learning and development consultant, and he said, and you know, he talked about the role of uh, uh, assertion, being assert assertive. Yeah. Um, as you know, a, a trait um, that's going to propel you, you know, into, I guess, you know, your leadership dreams, so to speak. Uh, and that, you know, if you're not assertive, it's almost impossible to be a leader. 
because there will be yeah. many roles that you're required to be assertive. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, going into your uh, leader's office and asking for a raise yeah. or making your intentions known that, you know yeah. what, I want to step into this role, I want to yeah. go into this role. So you constantly have to be assertive as a leader. But at the same time, um, culturally speaking, um, it's much more acceptable when a man is assertive. Um, yeah. When a woman is assertive, it can easily be seen as you're being aggressive. And yeah. I guess aggression for, for a woman, for a woman is, not is sort of like something a, yeah, good. it's a negative uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So how, how does that, how has that, um, I guess, played a role into in your experience? Or has yeah. that been part of your experience? It has, you know, in both ways. I think it's also, um, it's taken better if you're assertive and you're older. You know, if you're assertive and you're young, that's taken as arrogance. Um, you know, so so it's worked, you know, both in terms of my age again, as well as being a woman. I think, um, so again, you know, I, I started off my career in society organizations that, you know, did support a culture of, um, questioning of challenging, you know, of um, of of constantly pushing ourselves and each other, and I think that was really important. I think that that did support me in in trying to build up that character. But I have to say, it's probably one of my weaknesses not being able to be assertive enough because I'm so conscious as a Tanzanian woman of um, of the of the sort of perceptions that 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 might then bring on to me you know so it's something that I definitely still think I need to be better at being more assertive I think I was I was better at doing it when I was a follower than as a leader you, you know it's a lot easier to challenge upwards mm. um and and when I started off my career I think you know I was able to step into that role of being able to challenge senior management, you know, and being able to ask the hard questions. Um, and, you know, that helped me as well then to gain exposure because when you assert yourself, you are seen more and you're given more opportunities, you know, and you can, um, you have more space to, to sort of build a brand or an image for yourself. The switch comes when you're now a senior manager and, you know, and, and you have to lead and your assertiveness then isn't just about being assertive upward but it's also about being assertive downwards you know so um whilst on the whilst on the one hand you know allowing your team to challenge to discuss and to question but when a decision has to be made it has to be made and the buck ends with you so you have to be able uh, to step up and to make that hard decision and to be assertive about it and i think that's you know there's a real uh, change when you go from sort of um i guess the upward assertion versus yes, a downward versus the downwards or the, yeah that's and that, that for me was was quite a tricky uh switch and it wasn't easy to do that um, that, that's interesting. Um, I've actually never thought of it that way, Gomba. It's a lot easier to challenge uh, upwards than it is to challenge downwards. Um, and that, you know, downward assertion uh, is easily associated with negativity than upward assertion. And, and I think for a woman, asso assertion or being assertive can easily be seen as aggressive behavior uh, that's undesirable for a female leader. And in some places, it's even frowned upon. Uh, but like you said, you know, there are levels to this. It's easier to be assertive upwards. Uh, and I think there's that sense of being an underdog uh, where upward assertion can even be applauded. 
but download assertion has challenges of its own, like you just said. So how does a leader who has to be assertive downwards, uh, as all leaders do, um, how do they rise above the fear of their assertion being misconstrued as a negative trait of their leadership um, and, and their assertion uh, being associated uh, with negativity? How do they rise above this fear and how do they not allow this fear uh, to hold their leadership back? Because like we all uh, said that, you know, uh, being assertive comes with being a leader. You have to be assertive. So how do they rise above this fear and not allow this fear to hold them back? Uh, that's, that's a really tough question. And I'm not sure I have all the answers, you know, um, right now. I think, um, I think for any leader, when you're making a decision, when you have to ass uh, um, assert yourself, I think, it, you know, you have to also be conscious about giving your team um, the space, you know, to discuss, to challenge um, and to feel that they're not being overly imposed on. Um, so I think that you need to constantly build a culture of discussion, of, you know, of, as, of joint decision-making as much as possible. There is a limit to that. And we're all conscious that there is a limit to that. Not everybody is a decision-maker at all levels of all things. Um, but, but I do think that there is a need to invest much more here in Tanzania in really having more open and transparent um, office spaces. Um, I also think that as a woman leader consciously, you... You do need to think of yourself first and foremost as a leader and not as a woman leader. You know, so I often try and challenge myself. If I was a guy, would I worry so much about what they're going to think about this? You know, or am I doing this because I know that as a woman, they expect this of me? You know, so I think when you can challenge yourself as well about am I putting the gender label on myself and using that to hold myself back? I think that that does help you to sort of start to make decisions based on your professional role, based on your abilities, um, and, and based on the powers that have been given to you um, by those who employed you or those who voted you in or whatever your capacity is as a leader. So I think, I do think that, um, you know, I think it would be great to get to a point where a woman leader can be interviewed as a leader and not as a woman leader. Do you mm. get me? You, you know, because I think that is part of the challenge that the you're gender leader, determines. Leader, yes, yeah. exactly. You know, it's such a determining factor. And that in itself, you know, is an issue. Yeah, I like, I like uh, what you said there that, you know, also uh, relationships play a role. Um, because I think, like you said, I think sometimes when relationship, uh, the relationship aspect is removed from your leadership, then it's very easy for people to, you know, uh, misconstrue, you know, your intentions or to take your actions out of context. Yeah. If there is, if there's no relationship between you and you and the people that you're leading, yeah. whereas if they do know you, um, or if they do feel like they know you, yeah. um, then, you know, even when you do something or say something, um, then it's very hard for them to take it out of context. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I think if the relationship aspect is not present, then it's also very easy, a female or male, uh, for people to take whatever it is that you do um, or your actions or decisions out of context. Whereas if there's a, uh, if your leadership is grounded on relationships with the people, then people will always know where you're coming from um, yeah. with everything you do or say. I think, I think it definitely is, you know, something very important. And I think 
um, building a strong um, relationship between yourself and your team members and one where they have the confidence to speak up, you know, and to engage with you is really important. I have worked in organizations where, you know, there was such a massive investment in sort of in discussions that that's all you do. You know, it was endless discussions without anybody being able to step up and make a decision because as well, there is a danger that, you know, you can then lack the leadership that's needed to move from discussing something to being able to make a decision and stick to that decision and hold others accountable for adhering to that decision. And I think that is part of leadership. You know, mm-hmm. it's being able to step in and step up um, even when it's hard to do so. So so I do think there's a balance, you know. I do think that it's important for people to understand why you're making a set of decisions. I think there are certain decisions where it has to be consultative and you have to bring others in, especially if they're going to be part of implementing that decision. Um, but I think, you know, the reason why leaders are exceptional or um, that, you know, there is a leader to a team or to a group is that they, you know, they have to play a role that maybe others cannot mm. play so easily. And that, and that also includes making the hard decisions and taking the tough steps that others may not want. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I do agree with you that, you know, it's a, it's more of a balancing act rather than, you know, just going to one extreme. Yeah. Um, because I think, yeah, going to the extreme of, you know, uh, encouraging relationships and conversation um, can lead to, you know, indecision because yeah. now um, you know that, okay, I've uh, taken, you know, all of your in- input into account, but in making a decision, you will be leaning more towards, you know, uh, one set of input <laughs> versus yeah. the other. Yeah. And so there will be people who are disappointed. And I think Always, if, yeah. you know, you want to please everyone. Yeah. Um, you can't. You can, yeah. yeah. So I think um, yeah. you can't have it all. So you, know, you can't yeah. have your cake and eat it too. So yeah. it's one of those uh, yeah. situations where you will disappoint uh, certain people. Um, even, you know, uh, with the best of intentions, that's going to happen. Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things that... I used to hear, you know, is about how lonely leadership can get. And I never quite understood it, you know, until my career progressed. And then you sort of go from being one of the junior staff where everybody's your friend. You know, you can all sit down over lunch and talk about the bosses, you know, and and you're all popular, you know, to then increasingly realizing that you're not being added to you know, the company's WhatsApp group because you know, <laughs> they don't want the bosses, you know, in those WhatsApp group. You, yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, um, so I think I think it does get harder because again you can't please everybody and and you can't be a leader and de- and desire to be liked by everybody. I think leadership in whatever sector in in whatever aspect is about um having to look at, you know, possibly very powerful options all of them you know credible and good but having to pick one you know and that's that's sometimes what it comes down to uh so you know in your years of experience as a leader um what do you know now you know in 2020 uh, that you wish you had known in say 2015 um if you know the end of 2015 um had to travel in time and come to 2020, what lessons would you want her to pick um, yeah, and apply in her leadership in the last five years? Um, I think the first one we touched on, to be a yeah. bit more assertive, um, you know, and to be able to, to step up and make tough decisions. I think 
learning to do that from early on in your career really helps you. So as your career grows, as you rise up in leadership or in management, um, that you become more comfortable with it. Um, I think as well, I, and I think this is a lesson that, that I've learned, you know, increasingly over the past couple of years, you know, about um, being humble and really, um, I think I was, I don't know if the word is arrogant, but I think, you know, I started off my career being very convinced of myself and what I believed in and what I was passionate about and what I wanted to do, you know, and, and it takes a while before you realize that, you know, the intentions were good, but actually, you know, I knew very little about the real politics yeah, of things you know and exactly i was overconfident so i think you know now you know further down the line i think i can i can look at my good intentions you know and 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 on the one hand be a little bit kinder to myself that you know sometimes you don't deliver on your intentions not because you're not good enough but actually because you're you're one act in a very complex system Mm. And your ability to influence that whole system, you know, is limited. Um, but on the other hand as well, to sort of be humble enough to know that your intentions, your perception of, of what's right and wrong is just your perception. Um, it's, not, it's not the do or die that the whole sector or the whole team or the whole company has to abide by, you know. So, and I think with that humility comes understanding, you know, um, that there are a lot of different views and ways of working and um, and ways of thinking. You know, I think really embracing diversity has to come with a level of humility on your side as a leader. And I think that's something I've learned a lot more for the past couple of years. Um, I think as I was listening here, I was like, okay, to some people it could, what you just said, the two things could be seen as uh, two things that are uncomfortable with each other. Because on Contradictory, one hand, yeah. yeah, because on one hand, you want to be more assertive, but on the other hand, um, you know, you would, I guess, turn down the overconfidence a notch, which can be seen for some people as, you know, being assertive. So do you think, you know, being assertive and being humble, um, are they in conflict with each other or do they complement each other? That's a good point. And maybe that's the conflict that as a, as an employee and as a manager that I've always felt within myself, you know, being being quite sure of my convictions, mm-hmm. you know, I think. But then being always careful that um that you're equally supportive of others' views, you know, and of um and that you may not know best. And I think I think at times it's that it's that tension, right? That can hold you back. Um and I think that's that's possibly been quite a defining a feature of how I've worked and even what kind of a leader I am. And and it's also, it's a balance. Different circumstances will have to bring out different parts of your leadership skills and your sort of toolbox as a leader. There's some circumstances where um, you don't have a choice but to be assertive, you know, and, and you have to force a decision through, even if it's unpopular, even if you yourself... Um, don't love you know what you have to do but you have to force it through and then there are other times where i think um being able to to step back and to defer to the expertise and the experience and the skills within your team and to allow them to teach you so that you can make the right decision is just as important oh yeah definitely 
Um, I think we have come to an end uh, of okay. uh, today's episode. Uh, thank you so much, Anna, for you know again taking the time for the second time. Thank to you, actually, Ben, uh, for having me back. <laughs> yeah, for, to to do this, um, and um, we hope that you know you will join us again in the future. Um, and for those of us, who, for those of you who are listening, uh, thank you for taking the time to listen. And I believe that you know um, you have been challenged, encouraged, um, and you'll probably think differently about certain um, issues in regards to leadership. But I think one thing that I really uh, picked up, and I hope we get there, we we'll get to that point as a society where we move away from. Uh, talking about you know uh, female leadership and male leadership and get to a point where we can just talk about leadership where it's not going to be defined by gender although we do um, understand that gender plays a role into it but i think um, i look forward to a time when we can just call each other leaders rather than ah you're a female leader and you're yeah. a male leader um, so i guess you know i hope maybe in our lifetime we can actually get to that point could be unrealistic to think that way, but yeah, I hope we get to that yeah. point. Uh, but anyways, until next time, thank you so much for tuning in uh, and have a great day. This has been the Wildlead Others podcast brought to you by Wildlead Consultancy. Wildlead Consultancy is a capacity building firm that exists to build highly productive and innovative leaders. To reach us, go to www.wildleadothers.com.